2: So what happens then is that once we get connected to them, once we get in touch with them on the on the electromagnetic cellular level, magical things can happen.
1: Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hello, my name is Gina Cavalier, and this is The Liberated Healer.
0: Hey, everybody. I'm Linnea Hobson, the other host of The Liberated Healer.
1: And today we have a returning guest, and I said, yes, returning guest, Dr. Kak Young.
2: Hello, Kak Young. Hello, and I love, I love what has said. Hey, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, we so had we had you on before,
1: and you've done. I think you said fourteen different publications on all kinds of various books. Correct. Twenty six. I'm oh, sorry, I said fourteen. I meant twenty six. Holy. <laughs> you
0: know...
1: So uh, I think yeah, I think you know a thing or two about what you're saying. Um, she's a PhD in natural health, a ND in naturopathy, and a DCH in clinical hypnotherapy. She has written oh there it is twenty five actual books and now twenty six with this coming out book Magical Trees. Thank you. The trees thank you're you. You're
2: welcome. Yeah, Magical Trees. They're ve- it's very exciting uh, this subject.
0: So what kind of led you to writing this book in particular?
2: Well, the fun part is my editor and publisher, uh, Brenda Knight of Mango Publications, uh, when I finished my book on fairies, living the fairy life, uh, we said, well, this was really fun working together. I said, well, what do you want next, Brenda? And she said, well, I'd like a book on magical trees. I said, you do? She said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, I love trees and I love, and I know a lot about them because I've written books on essential oils and I've written books on a lot of other natural products. And I'm a naturopath, so I've studied herbal healing. Sure, that's exactly in my garage. So she said, well, let's do it. And that's really uh, it's really how it started, and I love how the universe put us together so that Brenda can have an idea, and then I just am attracted to it and go about writing it. So we've had an absolute ball writing this book and uh I I am so excited to share this with everybody because trees are so important to our life and to the universe. and, And right now is the time to get to know them and begin to help preserve them. So that's why. Thank you. And healing
1: through tree modality is not something that everybody knows and talks about. And they were probably the first healing modality around us. So, you know, it's oh, important yeah. that we kind of get into it. So go ahead and jump into what is some of your favorite parts about the trees that you want to explain to people for a good foundation?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, what makes a tree magical? Are <laughs> all trees magical? Is it just some?
2: Uh, well, yes. I mean, sure. Yes and no. Trees give us, I mean, if you think back, trees have been here longer than we have. So what do they give us? The first thing they probably gave to mankind or, or humankind was shade and shelter. And they also gave friendship because people go to sit under a tree and think. And what's interesting about trees to me is that trees... Everything has its own uh, electromagnetic uh, circuitry that goes around it. We all have this electromagnetic field that, that makes us us, and so does a tree. So when my electromagnetic field connects with the electromagnetic field of a tree, we make a third electromagnetic field, and that's our relationship. That's how we relate to each other, me and the tree. So what happens then is that once we get connected to them, once we get in touch with them on the, on the electromagnetic cellular level, magical things can happen. The trees have, according to a lot of wise people, the trees contain the information of the earth, similar to crystals, that they've been around so long and they are a witness to the evolution of humanity. So they've seen a lot. Now, they're going to communicate that very differently. They don't have eyes and ears and noses and hands and mouths like we do, but they have other ways of expressing and other ways of communicating. For example, the redwood trees have an underground network of roots, and they share information with each other so that if one redwood starts to become diseased, Their roots will communicate that to the entire forest of trees, and that forest will supply them underground with the nutrients they need to heal. Now, that's pretty magical. Yeah,
1: and also they have grandfather trees, and they have like a lineage, correct?
2: Yes, and and there is a lineage of trees. There are trees. There's certain trees that are the everlasting tree, and it dies in order to produce the next tree to come up out of it. So it can be a perennial tree that never uh, that never exists. I mean, there there are trees that are nine thousand years old right here in California, and how? I know nine thousand years. I mean, that's before the pyramids were built. Wow! So it's just—it's stunning. You know, there there is another tree called the Gran Abuela, the Great Grandmother, and she is five thousand years old, and she lives in Utah. There's just trees everywhere that we can miss if we don't get into them and understand them. I there are there are I listed the ten oldest trees in the world. And I also list in my book, um, I think the 10 uh, most precious trees, uh, the 10 rarest trees as well. I was looking for the word there. Um, So that you can actually make uh, an entire plan to go visit all these ancient trees if you want to, and really get to know them.
0: I love it. Just start a tour where you go and visit all of these magical trees throughout the world.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, how rich would that be? There's a little hiking involved, obviously, but there are trees uh like I said, that are nine thousand years old, and even the the Bodhi tree, the the one of those sacred trees that I mentioned in the book, um, it was cut down in the third century by um, a, a a Persian invader, and and yet the daughter of the prince had saved part of the tree and taken it to another location, grew it, and then it was brought back and replanted when they won the war and became the victors again. So people have have made groves of trees, especially oaks, and the, the Celtic civilization has done that. They've made groves of trees, their sacred places where they hold their ceremonies, their weddings, their important uh, feasts they a lot of cultures worship trees and they build an entire village around the tree and and very much like religions have pilgrimages to visit the tree so do some some ethnic cultures who worship a tree, or they consider the tree to be the oracle or the wise uh, the wise one, mm-hmm. they will make a pilgrimage once in their lifetime to go visit, touch, and sit under that tree. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, and I was really having a great deal of fun researching all of these trees and cultures that do that. There are cultures that live completely off the entire products of the baobab tree it provides them their shelter it provides them their nutrition the fruit from the baobab is their meal they use the leaves as their plates and it it becomes this entire you know without the baobab tree there would not be that little civilization and uh, and you think about it gee um what about us and what about the trees that we have around us that we sometimes callously take for granted and keep helping ourselves to as if it was Halloween candy and completely disposable. So Mm. that's where I became, um, you know, I kind of would would have to leave my writing for a while and think, what am I learning here? I'm learning that of the 50 trees I covered, um, at least 75% of them are endangered.
1: Oh, my is goodness.
2: terrifying. It is. It is. And the beautiful thing is is that we can stop it. And so the book is all about the trees, and, and I detail 50 trees. I detail what they can do, what they provide, how to interact with them, how to find them. And there are certain ways that you need to approach a tree, too. You just don't walk up to, to it and say, hey, dude, how you doing? <laughs> no, you 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 really you really have to get a sense of ritual and honor in your heart and you want to approach it with a sense of hey this is your house and i'm going to enter may i come in and mm-hmm. by honoring a tree i mean look what it does it 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 goes into the ground it forms a root Sometimes it connect with other trees and it grows a protective bark inside. Sometimes it can have essential oils. It has all of the abilities in the tree to protect itself from invaders and insects. And the only thing it can't protect itself from is the chainsaw. (laughs) But... And then it has its leaves, and it is up to the sun, and photosynthesis, and trees cannot exist without oxygen coming back to it and CO2. It exchanges the oxygen for the CO2. So when people say, well, trees are the lungs of the planet, they are absolutely dead on.
0: So there was one line that you wrote in the book that really just stuck out to me, and you kind of touched on it already. Um, So I want to rewind to that a little bit. But you say that trees are keepers of ancient wisdom and the earth's soul. So you mentioned how, you know, uh, wisdom and knowledge can be imparted on crystals as well, which is something that I actually said to Gina before we got on this call Um, Because I've heard of other crystals where civilizations would impart knowledge, and you can meditate with those crystals to try to get some of the knowledge out of them. How would you go about doing
2: that with a tree? With a tree, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, again, it's, uh, it's similar to the crystal, although you're going to approach the tree, and that's, the tree's house you know mm-hmm. that's where the tree lives so you want to enter into that area with reverence and by mm-hmm. asking permission um so you you would approach the tree and you would set up a connection with the tree number mm-hmm. one and then you you want to converse with it and Sometimes the tree has needs, too, and we'll, we can talk about that at the end. But if you connect with the tree and your, your idea or your goal is to exchange information, you might want to just sit and meditate with the tree. Listening to trees is an art, and it's very, very um, dense in experience. Mm-hmm. If you just communicate with the tree at a very quiet and sacred level – you want to approach a tree and you want to engage all five senses. First of all, you take a little sniff of the tree and you get a sense of what it smells like. And all parts of it, you know, the the needles, if it's a fir, will smell differently than the bark, for example. And, and the pine cones. So you want to take a time and, okay, you want to have an, aud- um, uh, an auditory s- a sense of them as well. And then you want to listen, of course, to them and you want to um, see them, study them in great detail and take a look at their leaves and take a look at their branches and take a look at how they are composed and the shape and also look at the tree in reverse. We see it, but then what happens if you just see around it? Look at the spaces around the tree as if it is just there and there's this whole space around it filling in around the tree. And when you, you know, taste it, if you want to, you can get in touch with it so you really appreciate it and really, really look at it. And when you do that, you can sit down and then just release your mind and allow the tree to speak to you, and you will hear the rustle of its leaves or pines, uh, needles, and you will hear... Little things maybe crawling in through the bark. You might hear squeaks at the bark. You might even be so adept that you can hear the water being sucked up from the ground up into the tree leaves. And as you watch what dances around the trees, you might find that there are leaves, that there are insects perhaps, that there are little animals. And the trees are home also to fairy spirits. So some trees, especially a hawthorn, is home to some very helpful fairies. And in that instance, you'd also want to ask permission of the fairies if you could be in their area and hang out with their tree, too. So when you get in touch at that level with anything in nature, you learn things and then you are given information that you might, Understand in the moment, and you might understand it even later. Like you know, when you're driving home, you say, "Oh, that's what that meant." So it's you know, you can do the same thing with anything in nature. You can do it with a babbling brook, but when you communicate with a tree, you're forming that third electromagnetic circuit, whereby you now have a relationship that is. Everlasting with that tree,
1: and then you also state that you can um, leave gifts behind it, like some tobacco sprinkled around the tree for gratitude for the gift it's given you, or also something that I really liked was um, you could take a picture of it so you can work with it later.
2: Yes, 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 and that's very fun too. If you really, there are some trees that you have a you know a stronger relationship with others. And as you go on your tree journey and get to know a few of them, they'll be special. So just take a picture of that tree and keep it with you. And it you now have a friend. You have a real natural friend that you can think about. You know, it, the trees have given, they're so generous that they do nothing but give gifts to us. And they need so very little from us in return. But when we give something to them they expand and they enjoy and they grow and they become richer trees
0: wow wow (laughs) you know it's just it's funny that that is said in the book because I always find that when I go on a hike or I go to like a botanical garden or something I always find myself taking pictures of a bunch of plants for no particular reason (laughs) but I do go and look at them later and you know, it's just it's just validation sometimes when you hear these things.
2: Yeah, well, it is. And and I think subconsciously we do that all the yeah. time. Um, but when when you put it in your conscious mind, gee, I think I'm going to go make a friend out of a tree. One of my favorite things that people do uh, around the world is create a little fairy garden out in front. If they have a tree in the front, maybe put a little some little small furniture or some little icons And then the kids in the neighborhood go crazy and they drop by and they add little letters. And once they know it's a fairy garden, then uh, there's activity around the tree. And I tell you, sometimes you can just feel that that tree smiles because it loves activity. It loves the activity of the sun. It loves the activity of water. It loves the activity of breezes. It loves the activity of giving out, uh, Carbon dioxide and and uh, excuse me, giving out oxygen and, and receiving carbon dioxide. So it loves action and it loves attention. I mean, don't we all? So if you focus your attention on a tree, uh, it's it's going to expand in its own greatness, and then you've actually helped the planet.
0: Wow. Sorry, we're just taking a moment to kind of process <laughs> that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> So um, you were talking dream. about the Celtic, you were going to ask her about. Oh yes. So th- another part of your book that I found very interesting was the Celtic tree signs. Um, because this book really takes, you know, a lot of times I think we view things in a celestial kind of standpoint. So when we look at astrology, you know, we're using the stars in that. And a lot of times we we'll use cosmic energy um, doing healings or, you know, just energy work in general. And it's, easy to not forget, but, um, sometimes we don't recognize that earth energy is a part of that equally, you know, just as much. So the Celtic tree signs were very interesting to me in that they are very parallel to astrology, but it's using earth energy instead of a cosmic standpoint.
2: Well, yes, and I think the, the Celtic peoples did both. They certainly lived in tune with the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. They had all kinds of festivals around the seasons uh, in February and March and Beltane and Lugnasa mm-hmm. and Samhain. They had all those different festivals that were around the seasons, but also they they named the um, certain dates and certain times of the year like we do with astrology they named it for trees Mm. so if you were born let's say um in december december 24th through january 20th which would be our capricorn sign it's you're a birch tree you are under the birch moon at that time And if you were born, let's say, March 18th to April 14th, you would be an alder moon. And each of the trees represents certain characteristics. And it's kind of fun because back then they divided society into four types of trees. And if you were born under a certain tree in that heading, you were destined for whatever they said that class represented. So if you were born in a certain sign, then you were going to be a carpenter. Another certain sign, you were going to be a farmer. And people rarely um, went out of their class in that sense. It wasn't like the case system in in India but it was uh, an easy way to say okay here are the farmers here are the here are the ploughs people here and and that's that's kind of how they worked but all very very in tune with the moon cycles mm-hmm. and with the seasons mm-hmm.
1: and in this is all detailed in her book by the way which is fascinating because especially people that pay attention to signs and you know, tarot or astrology. I, I mean, Linnea and I are the same, uh, in the same range. And our tree is the mountain ash. And they it's also known as the thinker, which is absolutely true for us. I mean, that's why we're on here. We're thinking and we're talking. You know, their personalities are visionary, keen mind, or creative, uh, thought of as aloof, yet burning inside with passion, ability <laughs> to transform, highly influential in a quiet manner which we're talking about January 21st through February 17th so you know
0: typically the Aquarius yeah but you can go through the book and
1: find your sign but
0: we have a tree associated with our astrology which I think is fascinating I know but the book also goes even more in depth rather than just the tree sign and it also gives um it ties in essential oils and crystals that are also associated with that and chakras and animal sign which is yeah like this is in depth oh i know i like that we're the cat by the way i'm definitely i resonate with
2: that (laughs) (laughs) oh it's very fun is it yeah and when you think this is how the people live this is what uh made sense for them back then and they were very attached to these belief systems and it worked for them and it worked Thousands of years. I mean, this was all happening at 4,000 B.C. and 3,000 B.C., you know? Stonehenge was built in 2,500 B.C. So that, that was all how they all lived for a few thousand years back then, and that's before they had any steel plows or anything. They just used carved wood and the trees were uh, important to them ceremonially and also they the bards in that uh, particular society were the only ones who could really read their script now they had their own type of runes and it was called the owam and the owam or owam as they sometimes pronounce it the owam um, are little symbols and and sketches that they would have on pieces of wood, usually sticks, sort of like the I Ching, um, but they would throw those in order to use them for divination. But they also used them in battle. So when the kings went to war with each other, they would take along a bard who would throw the oam and tell them how the, to fight the battle and whether or not they would be successful in the battle? So the bards, <laughs> the bards had to go to war. I mean, these were the guys that were schooled in poetry and yeah, songs. Yeah, like, these the guys, the guys that go that, like sing? You
0: know, they're like the entertainers. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, they were. They were the classically for 12 years. They trained classically and learned special things, including these these symbols, the oam, and then they took them off to war and said, hey, come on, you're coming with me.
0: You're calling the shots now.
2: <laughs> exactly. I need your advice. And so the, the vernacular, the, the, the general population didn't speak um, oh, um, they didn't know the, what the symbols meant. So the bards were uh, translators, if you will, and they were the ones who would go out and do this with the kings. So, yeah, the, I think it was kind of like a, a double edged sword. You could study for all these years, and then you would think, well, I've got a kind of a nice life here in the court. But no, no, no. Then they'd whisk you right off to war, and there you'd be. Oh, my wow. gosh.
1: And you talk about very trees that um cultivate things in our life every day like avocado trees and almond trees and i was reading the avocado tree part it's a sacred tree for the egyptians and they fashioned magical wands from the wood and then the wood yeah. cuttings were used in their sacrificial fires the tree can grow 50 to 60 feet high so there's very detailed ceremonial interesting information and facts as well, oh, you know, yeah. that I just find.
0: I love the, it's a whole index kind of, of just, magical trees, honestly. It, and, and I love the
1: information about the almonds too and apples and, you know, you say almond tree is one of the oldest tree and nut trees is cultivated by man. I mean, that's fascinating,
2: you know. It is. And, and each tree has a different history and a different cultivar and a different uh, and and different purpose and some like you said were religious in in their in their uh purpose and some were me- medicinal and for healing and some were not you know and some i mean some trees give off things that are useful um for human beings that can be made into medicines for example that we standardly do um the bark of the willow, for example, has salicylic acid in it, which is our aspirin. So those kinds of things, and there are some trees that are endangered now because people are trying to get um, toxil, which is a cancer drug, out of the bark uh, and and sell it on the you know on the white and black market. And so there are, you know, endangered trees. Well, and you know, the the story of the cedars of Lebanon, they were used to help build the pyramids and, and temples, and they completely devastated the forest and they didn't keep it sustainable. So they are gone. The cedars of Lebanon are no longer.
0: Oh, my gosh. I did not know that about the cedars of Lebanon. I'm I'm kind of in shock about that.
2: Yeah, that was you know that was prehistoric, um, but it, they devastated the the entire land, sort of like we're doing to the Amazon forest. Oh my gosh,
1: that's so crazy. I would like to go into any information that you might have where someone can recon. So we talked a little bit about connecting, like getting into their space and holding space for them. Uh, any kind of real tools that they could use the the tree energy to help them in their daily life or through meditations or, you know, any kind of practical other tools right now that they can just go outside, pick a tree, other than, you know, the things that you talked about earlier. Do you have any other additional?
2: Well, no. I mean, it isn't that quick. You, you have to really want to connect with a tree, and then you have to decide what it is to be. I mean, if, if you are in grief, for example, and you need uh, a tree to cry on, if you want some some real soothing, then go sit under a tree. I mean, the tree has the ability to absorb the negative energy and to change it just like like carbon dioxide into oxygen. So it can help you transform an emotion uh, just by asking it to do that. That's because it's alive. It is breathing. It has a vibration vibration and although it may not have a soul like we do it does have um an aura and a sense of existence it it is alive and it mm-hmm. does respond so you, you can do that. I mean, a lot of people are married under trees because they love the tree or it's something that they've had in their childhood or they f- found a tree that's very special. Um, gosh, I've married probably 20 or 30 people under a tree that they found to be very special. And then for their anniversary, they come back and they visit that tree again. Uh, it depends on how and what you want to connect with. You can use a tree... You can use the medicine of the tree that you can use, uh, for, uh, you know, to, to cook things with. You can, you can use the sustenance for yourself.
1: I like how you use the term transfer, uh, transform an emotion. Yeah. Like grief. Uh, that really resonated with me because yeah, you can, you know, you, you're going through emotion is just a part of what we're all a part of mm-hmm. and what we're all working through and they come up. We have so many things to our research other than prescription drugs or, oh, yeah. you know, and they're, they're living right ne- near us and around us. Maybe this could be, if this was used a little bit more, your mm-hmm. techniques and a little bit more connection, we could feel a little bit more life purpose, you know, and understand because it's,
0: it's yeah. real, it's deep. And yeah, I mean, crap. I always say that the ultimate energy source is, The earth, you know, the earth can transform, can transmute any energy that you give to it. So using trees and um, if you have emotional needs or you need to kind of unload something, like, like you said, trees are here to give and they don't ask a whole lot in return. So being able to use the trees and tap into their magic and, you know, have them transform some of those energies that you're trying to move out of your own field as well is... Very incredible, and everybody, I think, including myself, should start doing that more often.
1: <laughs> I know what
0: I'm doing after this
1: show. Yeah, <laughs> go hug my tree. <laughs> I got. I, I have a sycamore in the front, and I have two oaks on the property. And we need to get oh. you a, We need
0: to make a fairy house.
1: Yeah, but you know what? When we moved in. Um, I think all the trees were suffering. I I think the people did were being really um, cautious about uh, water and about how much it costs out here, Mm. and so they were all super, super, super dry and almost all of them were dying. So, first thing we did was just try to get every all of them healthy and stuff. But you know, I I love to just share and send all the trees some healthy love and. Hopefully, it just rains on them a little bit more out here in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, seriously.
2: Yes, that—that's you know that's one of the issues with. But you know, it—it's it, pouring rain on the East Coast. We must, as humans, be able to figure out a way to bring all that flood water out here. Certainly, we can do that.
1: I think you can do that, Doctor Kack, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay, you know I'll take a. Uh, I'll take a tree wand and I'll make it happen. How's that? That sounds great. You know, we as good
1: in our meditations a lot of times, especially when we first connect with people. We we do a grounding, and a lot, of, almost every single person starts out imagining their grounding cord as some sort of a tree, and, and as a release. And it really helps them. And a lot, of, you know, a lot of people like the big trees, like the redwoods or something. But um, in our meditation, we do that. But uh, I'm wondering. Do you think that just us visualizing using that tree's energy in our
2: meditation, do you think we're connecting to the world of trees? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and then you see your energy, you pull that energy from the earth up into you. And it's a pure energy. It's an energy that is grounded. I mean, think of what's underneath that. There is oil and lava and richness and history behind every single thing that comes up from the earth. So I think that we pull all of that with us. We pull the ancient energy up into us, which makes us feel connected and that our little problems can just go away, poof, poof, that they aren't as big as maybe some of the problems that came before and they have been solved. So I do think it's a very healing energy. And if you go to page 222, there is a, a an example of how a human being is uh, like a plant or like a tree. I use the example of a flower, but it has roots like the feet. It has the stem like our torso, and then it has the flower like our brain where all the parts come together, and that's what Uh, determines what flows throughout the body. And that's where the the, uh, central system is, the command center is, in both a human and in a plant. So it's a little tiny lesson in botany, but it's uh, kind of interesting when you see them side by side because then you really get into the plant or the tree and how much alike we are and yet so different. Did you plan it to be on 222? (laughs)
0: a number of community and togetherness
1: that's what the number means community and togetherness so you know that's kind of magical right
2: there that was definitely yeah well yeah, our little team, the little team that supports this book, the designer does a wonderful job and uh, it just it worked out, didn't it? I mean, magical things happen when you, when you talk about trees and I I had asked my publisher. I said, "Can we print this on something alternative to paper?" Yeah, no kidding, yeah. Yeah. They said, well, uh," I said, well, because there's Kleenex out there now that isn't paper, and maybe we can use bamboo. Maybe we can – she said, oh, yeah, you'll want us to have it papyrus. And I said, well, um, (laughs) not not necessarily, but, you know, maybe we can find something else. So my goal is – in In publishing or as I write more books is to find an alternative way to publish than paper, so that we have i mean other than digital but it, when people i don't know about you, but I love to hold a book in my hand, I like to take it with me places I don't want a tablet I want the tactile experience of holding a book so um I will always enjoy that, but I would love it if it was some other uh some other product than trees and paper, unless we can sustain.
1: And, okay, what about, we've got two other things I want to ask you about, singing trees and wands, because somebody gifted me, I I had this um, guide tell me that I was going to get a wand, and I'm like, me, a wand? That's not really me. And then all of a sudden I got gifted a wand. And I don't know what it's made out of, but it is made out of some sort of tree. But you talk here about how wands can be made from a tree, how wonderful it is and how you know a little bit about kind of the the transmutation of making um a wand out of a tree.
2: Yes, yes, and you, and you can do, you could approach it in several different ways. For example, you can look at your birth tree and you can say, oh, if I want to be empowered, let me buy let me get a wand or make a wand from my birth tree so it's uh, in my case it's hazel so i have a hazel wand and i do like it very much i didn't uh, do it myself but i did have a friend make it for me on a on a turning wheel and what happens is that when we connect with those energies, there's still energy in the wand and the wood itself. And we, when we use a wand, we have an intention in our mind. We take that energy down through our arm into the wand, and that is the energy that we put into whatever it is we are trying to Uh, transform, uh, in alchemy, in whatever we want to do with an intention so it's really a wonderful thing to have a want some people have crystal wands. A wood wand is very, very grounding, and I like different wands for different things. Like you mentioned earlier, the Egyptians used the avocado wood as wands for their for some of their Egyptian magic, and it's it depends on whether how sacred you feel the tree is for you or to you, and if you have a particular penchant for another tree like your sycamore, then uh, you know you could you could ask its permission. And take a branch and turn that into a wand, and that you could always have a little home away from home wherever you travel. Oh. There are many different yeah, many different ways to do that, and lots of people put it on their altar and make it a very special special thing. Um, i I particularly like wand work because I think it's extremely personal. And you can transfer your energy through that wand into whatever it is you want to heal, touch, or transform.
1: Yeah, and it seems like it'd be kind of an interesting conduit that separates you between that person that you're healing. So it's kind of cool. So um, we are just getting ready to wrap up. It's almost time here, but I just want to remind everybody, you know you know, connect with the tree, dance, let it, let it into your life and try to feel its energy, you know, try to hear it sing, or, you know, if you're like, you, you know, again, going through something, some grief that we talked about, or a troubling issue in your life and using them to guide you. And they want to be here for you as Dr. Kak Young said. And again, uh Dr Kack we just love having you on and we are so grateful for the work that you're doing to support our community and um all the hard work I, this is not this is not a day by night thing this is very intense you know work that you've done so we really appreciate it
2: yes thank you well thank you it it's a compendium and I wanted it to give everybody a view of 50 trees and towards the back of the book i talk about what we can do our call to action how we can help the trees and i even list some beautiful documentaries that we can see on pbs there's one called to speak for the trees and it's about diana beresford kroger and her work to preserve and sustain trees So, you know, my book is Magical Trees, a guidebook for finding the magic in everyday trees using crystals, spells, essential oils, and rituals. And it's uh, a great book to have. It's a great book to give away. And it's a wonderful way to add depth and richness to your life in the great outdoors.
1: Well, thank you again. Beautiful. And to everybody, if you have any questions, I'm Gina at theliberatedhealer.com. And we'll be posting some of the contact information for Dr. Young in her book. So if let, that's it for now.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you to Dr. Kak, And we will see you guys next time. Bye for now. Bye for now. Love the trees. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at liberatedhealerpodcast, or on Facebook at the Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support.
2: Hubcast.